In episode number 135, I showed you how to create a Ruby gem and host it on GitHub. But a lot has changed with Ruby gems recently. And one of the most significant changes being that GitHub no longer supports building Ruby gems. Uh, it's disabled it. It'll continue to host the existing Ruby gems on there, but it encourages you to use something called Gem Cutter for hosting new Ruby gems. I think Gem Cutter has a really awesome concept behind it. It is focused on doing one thing and doing it really well, and that is hosting Ruby gems. It doesn't try to manage your entire Ruby gem project like a Ruby Forge does. And as you can see, it's a fairly simple process in getting a Gem Cutter set up. So let's go through this. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to first update to the latest version of Ruby gems. So you can do that with gem update dash dash system. And then once that's done, you can just install the gem cutter Ruby gem. And then just run gem tumble, which will add gem cutter to your Ruby gem sources. So this means when you're trying to install a gem, then it will look at gemcutter.org uh, for as a place to host Ruby gems. Now I expect at some point you will run across versions of gems which are only available on Gem Cutter and not on RubyForge. So I encourage you to at least follow these steps even if you don't plan on creating Ruby gems yourself. This way you can always make sure you're installing uh, the proper version of a Ruby gem through Gem Cutter. And that brings us to the third item on this page here, which is Gem Push. And this is just showing you how easy it is to add a gem to Gem Cutter. You just Gem Push and then pass it the file, the .gem file that you want. But the question is, how do you generate this .gem file for your gem? Now you may recall back in episode 135, I showed you how to create a gem spec file. And this is kind of a blueprint that RubyGems uses to build a gem. And this is what you needed to pass to GitHub for creating a gem there. Well, you can build a gem using this file on your local computer too. All you have to do is just call gem build and then pass it your gem spec file. So now as you can see it generates that .gem file which you can then push up to gem cutter to have it host it for you. Now before you run that gem push command make sure you first sign up for an account on gem cutter because it's going to ask you your login credentials. Now I've already signed up so let's try this out. gem push uniqify. Now I haven't actually done this before so hopefully it'll work. Just type in my email address and password and it's generating the API key and successfully registered the Uniqify gem under my account. Now it's hosting it for me. Pretty awesome. So as you can see, this is pretty simple. All you need is a gem spec file, and then it's very easy to build and then push up gems to have them hosted on Gem Cutter. But the question is, how do we create this gem spec file? Well, I showed you in episode 135 how to do it using the echo gem, but let's just take a look at what the content is here. So as you can see, a gem spec is actually just made up of Ruby code, and it's quite simple too. I mean, this is less than 30 lines of code, and what it's doing is just creating a new gem specification and setting some attributes which are specific to your Ruby gem. And so what you could do is just edit and manage this file manually, and then just rebuild the gem whenever you're creating a new version. So you don't really have to use any external tools like Echo for managing your gem spec or Ruby gems. Now I encourage you to check out the gem spec reference because it really is a nice source of documentation for the various attributes that you can pass to your gem spec. And uh, I'll link to this in the show notes.
Now, if you are looking for a tool to help manage the releasing of your gems, I encourage you to check out Jeweler. Now, this currently depends very heavily on Git and GitHub, so it requires that your project is hosted on GitHub. Now, since gems are no longer hosted on GitHub, I expect some major changes to Jeweler in the near future, and uh, especially since Gem Cutter is now on the scene and becoming the new default for many things. So to install Jeweler, you could just do a simple gem install Jeweler. So now to use Jeweler inside of an existing project, you just use this bit of code inside of your rake file and customize it to fit your needs. So here's what the rake file might look like inside of my Uniqify project if I'm using Jeweler here. So notice I'm passing in a gem spec object and just setting attributes to this. So this gem spec is actually the same gem specification that was created in the gem spec file. So we can use exactly the same attributes. So this makes that resource I mentioned earlier for uh, the gem spec reference uh, much more useful. Now Jeweler does add a couple of convenient enhancements to the gem specification. So check out the wiki page on the project to get more information on how that works. Now we aren't done quite yet, we still need to enable gem cutter support in Jeweler, and we could do that by adding this to our rake file. So we can just add this at the end of the spec here. So now that we've added that to our rake file, what does Jeweler really give us? Well, if we take a look at our rake tasks, we can see that it generated a bunch of rake tasks for us. And yes, I know I need to update my version of Git. Uh, so as we can see here, there are tasks for bumping the version number of the gem, and then also tasks for releasing it. So currently you'll want to use gem cutter release, but in the near future the normal version of release will work uh, for gem cutter too. Now since we don't have a version file yet, you'll need to run the version write task, and that'll generate a version file for us. And then you might do something like a minor version bump here, that'll bump up the version number for this project, and then you could do something like rake gem cutter release. And that will actually build the gem spec file and the actual gem, and then it will upload it to gem cutter and push it up there. So that's a lot of work is automated for you using Jeweler by just using a couple simple rake tasks. Now Jeweler also provides a nice way to generate RubyGem projects from scratch. It provides a simple generator. You could just run with Jeweler and then the name of your project. Now I won't go into detail on this in this episode, but I encourage you to check out the README to see how it works and check out the various options which you can use to pass to it. Well, that's it for this episode. Now I really would like to see the whole community backing and supporting GemCutter because I think it is a really nice and simple RubyGem hosting solution. And it's also open source, so you may want to consider contributing to it.